this, the 291st episode of Marketing as a Foreign Language. I was in a BNI speed networking event, and I was talking to a woman there about extricating myself from the process. Now, that means that I have for many years been attached to the idea that if you can, as the owner of a business, remove yourself from the doing in the business itself, you do what uh, Robert Kiyosaki often mentioned, which was to go from an S to a B. And what he meant by that was being the individual that was the craftsperson, say, and moving into the space of the business owner, working on the business, not in it, and then eventually just becoming an investor, which is the furthest, most removed. Now, in his particular ideology, you obviously just want to be an investor because you don't want to be doing the work itself, but there is something to be said for the work, and the work very often does not get its due. Now, if you are in the midst of doing the work, you may say, this is ridiculous. Um, I don't want to build websites anymore, or I don't want to write blogs anymore, or I don't want to be on the assembly line. And you may be 100% right. I mean, you are. There's no arguing with it. If, if you hate it and you're doing that work, not doing that work sounds amazing. Now, on the other side of extricating yourself from the process, um, what I've found and my particular journey has, has gone as follows, um, that it has its own set of challenges. So I went from blogging to being the person that managed bloggers to being the person that managed the people that managed the blogs to managing the pay-per-click people to managing the WordPress people to essentially handing over the reins of the company and all of its production um, to someone who manages all of those things. And that's sort of the ideal situation. But what is on the other side of that is not sitting and watching Netflix because I cannot in good faith stop working on the business when there are people who deserve all the money in the world, um, who deserve the best job in the world. Um, and so what comes from that? Well, in my particular case, first it was write a book. So I wrote a book. And once that trip had ended, I realized, okay, maybe I'll just try to speak. So I did that for a bit, spoke at universities, um, Roseman University, Reno, Tahoe, et cetera. Excuse me. And then the pandemic hits. And so it's, so just do a show. <sighs> and so what, what's important to understand through this entire journey is that I used to be very... Um, skilled at getting into a WordPress website, doing the SEO, title tags, thinking through these things, block topics, 
etc. And uh, what happens, obviously, is if you are not in the work itself, um, it is a bit like riding a bike, but it's like riding an outdated bike. So if you manage to replace yourself in your business well enough, you will suffer through an identity crisis where your dharma or your profession, your career, your particular path leads you into spaces where, for example, this show is, quote, what I'm good at. <laughs> I've spent the better part of last year interviewing people, cultivating that particular skill. But when I think about that, um, in the modern economy, it doesn't have that much value. Um, at least it doesn't for me now. And so it requires constant leaps of faith. Um, I do the networking, I go, I meet people, but I, I think I've hit the limit of extrication, if that makes any sense. Um, unless I were to start another company. Now, I owned a company that was a real estate investment company um, with a partner and we had um, a few properties. We ended up selling them all, but that's another good example. You buy the property, you do a little bit of work on it, and then you find a great property manager and that person deals with 99% of it. You get a check in the mail, that's extrication 101. You still have to deal with drama. Um, if there are tenants that uh, aren't paying, if there are issues with the property, you're, you're still on the hook both karmically and financially for things that can go awry. So psychologically you, you have a burden and sometimes financially you do, but ultimately you can extricate yourself. There are people who own hundreds of properties and they just hire someone to manage those properties at that point. So extrication to the nth degree is completely possible. Think Jeff Bezos. He has nothing to do with all of the, um, individual sales that are happening on um, Amazon, and yet he is the beneficiary of those sales. So if you're interested in replacing yourself, here's my advice. Do not micromanage people. There, <laughs> I said it. <laughs> no more advice needed. Um, if someone joins your team and they begin to do work and that work needs to be supervised, at least in the capacity of owning a digital advertising agency, I assume the same is true of plumbing, electrician, et cetera. If that person, look, I, I put it to you this way. I put ultimate faith in individuals to do the right thing. Um, and I leave it up to the client to let me know if things are not headed in the, in the direction that they need to be headed, which is to say, that when I was an employee and I had that feeling of someone constantly looking over my shoulder, um, criticizing my work, um, these sorts of things, I just, maybe this wasn't as true in the age before Google and the ability to simply YouTube things. Um, but at least in an advertising sense, and I would assume in the sense of, uh, people who are building websites, electricians, plumbers, even attorneys and, and, um, these sorts of things. We have such wealth of knowledge in front of us that training has taken on a completely new perspective. Um, Google it. 
Do you understand? I mean, there was a time where you kind of really needed that person helping you, training you, guiding you. And now it's, it's as simple as uh, moving your fingers around a bit and uh, watching a few videos and all of a sudden. So really what I'm looking for are, and oh, this word is a terrible word, but self-starter. You know, if I can, and I have over the years, honed my ability to hire self-starters, you know, people who are going to take responsibility that have a certain amount of passion about their work. Um, and of course, in India, the difference between a guru, uh, a guru, and a uh, teacher is that the guru embodies the, the essence of whatever it is that we're talking about. And uh, the teacher perhaps is a more technical explainer of those things. You could make that distinction. Um, of course, this all gets really heady. You know, what does it mean to be the essence of math, <laughs> right? You're a math teacher. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, the guru embodies it. And so if you are a very hard worker, you always have been, uh, you, you can sort of smell, um, you can sense, you can see it, you can uh, feel it when, when you're in a ring with someone that's got that same energy that you did. You can see yourself in that person. And so, <clears throat> first of all, at the top of the mountain, for many people, that's the goal. Get to the top of the mountain. If that were the end all be all, then Bo Burnham's song about Jeff Bezos would be literally true, <laughs> which is to say that he did it. He won capitalism. He's the winner of capitalism. This obviously is not uh, not the goal. Uh, Work-life balance. Um, if you want to get really deep, you know, understanding your true self, um, understanding that we are all one, these sorts of things um, are much more loftier ambitions than becoming a billionaire. And I cannot imagine for a moment um, holding on to that money. I mean, perhaps that's why I'm not uh, a billionaire is that I just, I, ethically, there's, I couldn't do it. I just simply could not do it. I couldn't have my my wealth grow to that size without giving giving it away. Um, I say never having never having been a billionaire. So, listening to this, let's say you follow the path of extrication, you hire, or I've already hired that person, and then you start to look at whether or not the people that you hired can work on the business. Going back to that old cliche, better to work on the business as a business owner as in the business. And let's say you have folks that can work in, excuse me, on the business. So what is that? That is the, the thought turning in on itself. That's the thought realizing that it's thinking, which is to say that when you have developed extrication as part of the culture, which is to say, whatever you're doing employee, I'm going to try you try to get you not to be doing that in a year, two years, three years. Um, I want you to move up to move out of your current position. And so you may have someone that was an account manager that is now leading the advertising, which is the case with Senate rising currently. And 
when the leads come in from that person's work, well, now you're sitting and staring, you know, at a nice view from even higher up the mountain. And of course, as you continue to climb the mountain, you realize that you, you never reach the top if your goal is financial. If your goal is company culture, then once you get to the top of the mountain, you realize that through your actions, um, the mountain changes. It somehow grows and you stand atop it with this beautiful view and you're helping everyone else get to the top of it. And then the mountain evolves. It gets becomes a bigger mountain in a way. And so your perspective as a leader, having extricated yourself from all of these different roles within the company, perhaps ultimately lands in this sort of, for lack of a better word, um, perception role. In, in other words, you have been blessed through the work of incredible human beings to be given a perspective that should your vision prove true or should you be able to maintain a certain, certain um, mental state, uh, emotional state. Um, a good example would be Richard Branson. If you watch him in interviews, he's just, there's a certain quality that he's developed over the years. Um, I see it in Mark Zuckerberg too, um, a certain quality that he's developed. And it's easy to look at these sort of uh, famous folks and attribute these qualities to them when obviously they are fallible human beings. Um, so why don't we just talk about the quality of say like Marcus Berg, who's a local personal injury attorney. Um, or owners of, of local companies. They too exhibit this quality and you can strike a perfect balance in the context of small business. And so this idea that it, it constantly, the mountain has to change or you have to take your team and climb new taller mountains is um, completely, completely subjective. Um, you certainly don't have to do those things. And I have spoken with folks who I project my own desire system on them by saying, oh, you're a bookkeeper. Why don't you grow and hire an employee? And they say, oh, I'm happy where I'm at. This isn't, I don't want that. And I, and I continue to push and I realize that's just my own hang up. Um, that's my ego attempting to become external when it has no business doing that. Um, the classic psychological word for this is projecting. So at the deepest sense, if you have a team of people that want to make more money, they're interested in growth and the whole team is, they, they want to conquer the different mountains. Well, then you better be the, the one who wants to conquer those mountains too. And when you come into alignment, you end up looking like an incredible basketball team that desperately wants to win the championship. They are selfless. And they win because of their selflessness. In Hinduism, there's a, um, a word that describes mystical powers. Uh, they're known as siddhis, not cities, siddhis. 
And, you know, there are a lot of fantastical stories about telepathy and healing and these sorts of things. If you look at a championship basketball team, you, you could argue that they are tapping into cities because they've developed a cohesiveness and a selflessness that is necessary to attain that sort of championship mentality. Again, assuming that championship is what you want. Um, being a champion is, is um, quite, quite the path. Quite the path. Any Olympic medalist will tell you that. And so no single basketball player has ever scored all of the points in a winning game. <laughs> Not once. <laughs> Isn't that funny? I mean, no one's ever had a 90-point game, and they, they beat the opposing team 88 to 90. <laughs> or 90 to 88. It's never happened. It's never happened. Not once. And so you can see yourself as LeBron, as Jordan, as Curry, as Durant. And that can be your role, the hero. You can play that role. You can play the role of the perimeter shooter that when they get the ball, they are finding the open man in the paint or they're, they're sinking the three. They're consistent. You can see yourself as the coordinator, um, the one who takes the ball out, who makes the plays, who understands how tired everyone is, who needs a break, who gets the ball when they get the ball, et cetera. And you can see yourself as the coach on the sidelines, you know, motivating, seeing things that other people are unable to see. And then you can see yourself as the owner of the company. I mean, the, the, the macrocosm. Um, and then you can see yourself as the fan. I mean, there's just, there's so many ways to approach business. And so in one moment, you're all of them. You're all of them. Because you can see how all of these energies, these souls, they all coalesce to create an experience. So on one channel, you're the whole thing. You are the game of basketball, say. And on another channel, you identify with the individual roles of all the different players. And to make the leap into business, the same is true. If you are standing at a cash register at McDonald's, fulfilling that particular role, you are still working on yourself, your patience, how you're feeling, your truthfulness, etc. And the qualities that you exhibit and the lessons that you learn in that particular role define the next role. In my experience, having been someone who wrote blogs, it's an invaluable pain. I, I know that fingers hurt. I, I remember. I am there right now. I, I am in the past, which is the eternal present, with the aching fingers after having written blogs all day. I'm, that's right now. Uh, what, what's also right now is the first task list I ever created to have bloggers create certain tasks and follow up with them, managing these people. So I am those people. 
And the more you're able to take your consciousness out of your own melodrama, your life, your problems, physical, mental, otherwise, and dive into the consciousness of another human being, specifically one that is in your world, you are technically practicing empathy, but empathy 2.0, which is I'm going to wake up in your consciousness. I'm going to move my consciousness into your experience. And I'm going to feel, see, and understand your life. And that selflessness offers a perspective that shows treasures that are otherwise imperceivable. An example of this in the marketing context would be, oh, let's just do a focus group. Okay. Okay. People come in, great. The focus group is its own game. People are being paid, so what are their opinions really? They're, well, they're colored by the fact that they're being paid. And a focus group has its own shortcomings. But you do the focus group and you realize that people like this product for this reason and they don't like it for this other reason. Okay, fine. To sit in your office and wake up, I'll put you this way. I'm the CEO of McDonald's. I am wealthy. I wake up in a stunning, stunning home. Um, my back hurts. Uh, my eyes are kind of dry, shower, hop in my incredibly nice car, um, and go to work. Everyone's looking at me, and all of the people that are surrounded by me are wealthy in their own right as well, because I work with the executive team. So, And all of these people have incredible stories of how they got here. They started in their early days of McDonald's at certain places, their stories are amazing. I mean, these are amazing people and they deserve all the money in the world. Absolutely incredible. And I've got ecological issues I have to deal with. I, it's, you know, I, I've got 17 meetings. I, you know, I got to go to do this interview. I've got this meeting at this time. I'm trying to save the world through the lens of McDonald's. Um, I have to justify the fact that we're serving a lot of meat, Right. You know, but could I could I shut it down if I wanted to? No, I'm just the CEO. They will replace me in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. So we're working on stuff like the Mick plant because we know, you know, vegetarian consciousness is a big thing nowadays. And and I'm going through all of these sort of hurdles and I'm just trying to stay at the top because I did it. This was the vision for years and years and years. And I believe in in the ability to get to these places and and and, and that. And so let's imagine this CEO taking a moment and going, okay, I'm going to be a cashier now. Taking a moment out of his or her day and, and waking up as a cashier. You know, undocumented, taking the bus, getting to McDonald's. You know, can, can I survive? How do I survive? And experiencing that person, that this skill, if you do it right, will allow you to get into the experience of someone you can work with, um, of employees, of anyone. 
And what it does is it gives you a respite from the drama of your own head because you can't be anxious about the things that are going wrong in your life when you are thinking of what's going wrong in someone else's. Do you understand? So it's actually an antidote to a lot of suffering. And if you want to extricate yourself effectively from the role that you currently inhabit, then the benefits and drawbacks of that particular role are better understood by you because you did it and you did it and you were sober about what's involved in doing and performing that particular role so that when someone in that role says something to you that is maybe off-putting or gets your blood pressure to spike, you go, ah, I remember. I remember. And you're not going to be a heart surgeon in this lifetime if that isn't your primary career right now or your trajectory. And yet you can wake up right now as a heart surgeon and understand that drama. And if you're able to do that, of having someone's life in your hands and to, to experience that using your imagination, then you're touching on what Einstein was, was talking about. People don't understand that, you know, he just was sitting there. <laughs> you know what I mean? He was just sitting there thinking about it. Just thinking about it. Yeah, the ability of the mind and consciousness to, to move around. I, I know it's all happening in the head. I get that. But from a practical standpoint, imagine the consciousness as something that is completely and totally liberated to go wherever you want it to go. Thank you, Brad, for the comment. <laughs> And this will allow you to empathize um, with folks on a much higher and deeper level. Well, you all know, um, because uh, I've said it a million times, but if you want to join us for the live show, youtube.com forward slash send it rising is where you do that. Um, these are fun for me, the, the shows where we just dive into a single concept. Um, I do really love having guests. If you're interested in being a guest on the show, Feel free to reach out to me, info, that's info, at senditrising.com, S-E-N-D-I-T-R-I-S-I-N-G.com. Um, don't feel like you have to be a business owner to be a guest on the show. Um, not necessary. I talk with people from all walks of life. And uh, the name of the show, Marketing is a Foreign Language, um, is only really a jumping off point. Um, at this crossroads, I find ourselves at... Um, I feel like we're, we're diving into to a lot of truth and a lot of soul. So I'd love to hear you. That's it for episode 190 something. We will see you all next time.